Roofing.net. Caitlin Clark and the second-ranked Hawkeyes are in action at home tonight against Wisconsin. Iowa seeking a 15th win in a row. Clark leads the nation in scoring with 30.9 points a game. In the men's game, 24th-ranked Iowa State is in action on the road against number 20 BYU. NFL playoffs continue on Saturday with a pair of games. DraftKings line has the Ravens favored by 9.5 over the Texans, the 49ers by 10 over the Packers. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Another keyword coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, Murph and Andy had won the drive with Heather and Sean 3-6. to six. They have keywords throughout the afternoon as well. Bottom of the hour, Scott. Doc, a little bit before, got a lot of ground to cover with Doc. Get him uh, about 25 after, somewhere in that vicinity. Nick Athen momentarily. Uh, mentioned a lot of things to cover with, with Doc. So what happened, uh, Trent? Um, on your Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you've been spending a lot, devoting a lot of times to the OC. Yes. Um, Chris apparently was offered the job. That's according to Leistikow's piece in the paper today. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me read it verbatim. Uh, the Register has learned that Chris was given the opportunity to take the job, but ultimately declined in recent days. That's uh, Chad Leistikow's piece in today's uh, online edition of the Des Moines Register. So apparently was offered, thought about it, and then said, no, what, I mean, what's behind it? Any Any inkling at all? This is just a working theory. This is not reporting or anything like that. But one thing that I have heard now for a couple of weeks is financially, I was not willing to swim in those waters. Now, there is a pool, and Kirk Ferentz's contract has the pool of money available to assistant mm-hmm. coaches. I would believe if he would go to Beth Getz and say, I need more for the pool to hire offensive coordinator because we need to get up and be like the top 20 financial program that we are, top 15. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. We need to spend one and a half, two million million, $2 million for our coordinators because that's what everybody else at that level mm-hmm. is doing. I'm going to guess that Iowa would find a way to make that work. I want to believe that they would. They have $75 million in TV revenue coming yearly. The money is there. Right. The money, absolutely, that should not be a deterrent. Not for Iowa. It absolutely should not. But that's one thing that I keep going back to. If you're Paul Chris, if you've been this interested, you've had the conversations, is it a financial thing? Does he just feel like you have a good thing going as an analyst? He can't be an on-field coach as an analyst. Is he just happy collecting that $11 million he's got coming his way from Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, working at his analyst, still being in football, still doing things, but just kind of having a little bit more time with the family and those kind of things? Yeah, maybe. It's a real possibility. This is not a guy that needs the money. Right. It's a a whole lot easier to do that, as you mentioned, with that check coming from Wisconsin still. So who's – is Philbin in or out? Lysakow said out. Okay. Uh, yesterday, I learned a guy that I'd never heard of before, the mm. UNLV uh, offensive co- uh, uh, coordinator, yes. Brennan help, Marion. Brennan Marion. He okay. was the I flavor don't know of the day yesterday. Yes, he was the guy that, in passing, had been mentioned a couple of different times. He has brought a new offense. It's called the Go-Go Offense. Okay. You think, well, this the, is him? This is him. So if this thing catches on... 
people will look back. At- oh, yes. What could have been. Yeah. The go-go offense, you think, well, that's not Kirk Ferentz. Go-go offense. It's not what you think. Though it's more up-tempo than what Iowa runs, it is two running backs in the backfield along with a quarterback. It's, it's not a wishbone, but it is about downhill running. Sounds like Kirk Ferentz. Mm-hmm. And evolving and doing things in a different way, yet still maintaining your main tenets. Felt like something that could work. Where's Lysico's reporting on him? Uh, no, he's n- he's out. No traction on that one. <laughs> okay, so we're basically back to square one. It kind of feels that way. Oh Jesus! Are they going to run out the clock and not? Well, you know what? Brian's still in Iowa City. <laughs> <laughs> you know there was a quote going back to December when Kirk talked about this for the first time, and it was right before they left for the bowl and meeting with the media, and he said, "Oh, he anticipated." We're going to do more of this after the bowl game. We're going to take the time. And he said almost in a joking way, or maybe it was just me and other media members took it as a joking way. It could go into February. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Well. It's the 16th. Your number one target said no. Uh-huh. Apparently. And I don't think there's any doubt Paul Christ was number one yeah. at the top of the list. He said no. The backup plan was filled in, and maybe he understood that that was met with a whole lot of... <sighs> He's in the rocket chair. NFL jobs now, the people that have been fired are looking around. Uh-huh. They're out there. Yeah. Is it back to square one? Wow. You know, Kubiak was a name, young Kubiak, mm-hmm. that was thrown out yep. there. I think he got another job. A guy that I brought up early on that I loved, a Luan from South Dakota State. He's in Northwestern. He's in Northwestern now. Yep. A whole lot of those stones that mm. they've been turning over. So Ference thought he had Chris in the bag and stopped. Well, that's what I kind of wonder, right? If he thought... All right, Chris is our guy. We'll put him over here in the corner. We have him. Mm-hmm. Let's look around. And if Chris either got cold feet or said, the hell with this. I'm going to come try, try to resurrect something that could be a coach killer. Yeah. Very well could be. Now, if he would have taken that job, would Wisconsin still have had to pay him the full amount or would that have gone against what Wisconsin was going yeah, to pay? Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much how, the way it works, yeah, how right. all those contracts are. Is yeah. If he's making a million dollars a year and he was due three this year, he get two. You right. know, something. I think that's, way, that's usually the way that those contracts are written up. But Ugh. back to square, probably not back to square one. But you're resetting the deck here. So what we're what we're we're staring down the barrel of is your second choice. This is his third choice. This mm-hmm. Ultimately, it was his fourth choice. And this is how things get ugly. ugly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, and it didn't end well. It was ugly at the end of the season, as we recall. Now you don't need to rush. This is a completely different circumstance than even it would have been a year ago. They're in the portal shopping. They have they, their quarterback. They have their quarterback. Yeah. There's not a whole lot. They don't have scholarships available. It's different than it was a year ago. The difference between doing it this week and next week and even in yep. early February, yep. there isn't anything that would change. You're still going to implement the same things. You're not practicing. Is it going to change the kind of workouts that the offense coordinator wants no. for the wide receivers? Probably not. I mean, there's nothing that you could look at. Getting to know the playbook, I guess, yeah. would be the only thing. We're still talking football here. We're, we're not talking about trigonomics. I mean, they'll they'll be okay. They'll be able to figure that thing out. But I'll tell you what, it's a bad look. And on the outside, looking in from other people outside the program, they got to be wondering what, what is going is, on here. Yeah. 
We'll see. All right, uh, Nick Athen coming up, ChiefsBlitz.com. We'll get back into the NFL. More on the Hawkeyes uh, with Scott Dockerman. He's going to join us coming up here in about oh, 10, 12 minutes. Between now and then, another keyword for you as well. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Nick Athen on the Chiefs as they get set to take on those Buffalo Bills. Bills. Chiefs Sunday night. It's not a true Sunday night game. Sunday evening. I think it's a 5.30 kick hour time, So, which is the same time on Sunday as the Super Bowl. We'll kick off two weeks later. And I think um, uh, the championship weekend, that's the late game as well. Let's get to Nick Athens, ChiefsSplits.com. Uh, it's the Chiefs as they moved on. Uh, and the Buffalo Bills in the divisional weekend. Hello. How are you, Nick Athens? Hey, I'm good. Happy belated uh, birthday, young man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your remembrance. So anyways, Nick, a lot of ground to cover. I was actually stranded in Kansas City on Friday night into Saturday. I know how cold it was. It looked awful on TV. Ooh. It was just absolutely brutal trying to get out of there. And I, I was shocked that they played the game, quite honestly. But they did, and here they are. Uh, boy, uh, Mahomes and Rice really developing something there. We saw that, or we heard about the story. You know, Mahomes actually working him out prior to the draft just because of uh, you know proximity to one another, which was pretty good. Uh, but they're yep. they're starting to develop a chemistry between the QB and the young receiver. Yeah, I mean he's been the savior. Without him, I mean, they they may not win the division. I mean his, the last six games, I mean what over six hundred yards and five touchdowns, and he's made key plays. And you know for a Texas kid and a rookie to be in the spotlight like he was on Saturday, where they absolutely needed him to be flawless, and he was. The routes he was running, the the, the 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 time and the caution he took with his steps, with the field being slick. You know, I've watched I've watched a lot of the over the you know the over stadium view, the over field view, mm-hmm. and there are times when he's going across an icy patch and he just makes sure he has his footing. So it's not like he's going to kill you with speed. He's just a great route runner, and you know, obviously Mahomes trusts him. Um, you know, right now Andy Reid has kind of figured things out. He knows who his go-to guys are. And if Rasheed Rice keeps making plays, especially against a defense in Buffalo that is hurt, banged up, and going to be missing a lot of guys, um, you know, for him to take advantage and not have this moment be too big for him is just really big for the Chiefs offense right now. Nick, for years you've been calling out Buffalo. <laughs> and also Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and the likely path to get back to the Super Bowl. For the first time, Mahomes going on the together, road. Buddy, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> you got it in front of you. Any concerns? I mean, where do your concerns lie? Because these are two teams, two organizations you've certainly called out in recent history. <clears throat> okay, uh, I have no concerns. I think the biggest hurdle was was the Dolphins in the retrospect of having to beat somebody twice in the same season, which would the, which is what the Bills are going to have to do. Um, you know, trying to beat a Chiefs team that will have. Isaiah Pacheco back, Donovan Smith back, um, and, and also Drew Tranquil back. Three really big pieces of this football team that they're all of a sudden going to have to face. But I will say this. I am 100% confident the Chiefs are going to go into Buffalo and defeat the Bills in a manner like we haven't seen them blow up a team in a really wow. long time. Okay. And I think the Texans are going to give the Ravens so much havoc I'm not saying that the that the Ravens are going to lose the game, but when you play two, when 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 you're in the AFC Final Four and you're facing two teams that have nothing to lose, the Chiefs really don't have anything to lose. Nobody thinks they're going to win. They all think they've taken a step back. They're looking at the 
the, the Dolphins game and the end of the season, and they're forgetting that this team has kind of found its identity offensively you know, in the last couple of games, which is important. So they're the underdog. The Bills have all the pressure in the world. Buffalo loses this football game. You're talking about an organization that is probably going to blow a lot of things up. They're going to have to make a lot of changes. They're going to have to overcome some serious injuries. They've got some guys that are owed some money. You've got some guys that want to get paid. You know, that this, this is their moment. The Bills are either going to be at the level of the Chiefs or close to it. If they win, if they don't, they're just going to fall backwards. And for the Ravens, you know, I'm not sure I want to – I did not want the Chiefs to face the Texans this week. I just thought it was too soon, too fast. Uh, they've got a lot of momentum right now. Um, C.J. Stroud is playing like he's not a rookie. Mm-hmm. They just kind of seem to have it all together. And that's a tougher matchup for the Ravens. It would have been a very tough matchup for the Chiefs as well. But, you know, he's got to go in the cold, and that's a whole lot different. But at least he has experience, you know, from his days at Ohio State. Yeah, Trent said as much earlier in the show. Wouldn't it just be like the Chiefs to host the AFC championship game against the Texans after oh, they knock off the Ravens it. and the Bills go down in flames uh, to Kansas City? It would be, yeah, uh, anyways. <laughs> so uh, when you watch Buffalo, obviously Josh Allen, that offensive line, they're mm-hmm. running the football with Cook ex- exceptionally well yep. right now. What is the, I, I guess, what matchup favors the Bills in this game? What do you expect the Bills to be able to do well uh, against the Chiefs in that defense? Well, I, I think, I, you know, I think you got to stop Josh Allen and James Cook from running the football. If you can plug those gaps, now having Drew Tranquil back is going to be huge. I mean, Cook had some massive runs, um, you know, in the first and the second quarter, and then they didn't really use him as much in the third and the fourth quarter until the final drive. Um, if you can prevent those guys from having big rushing games, then I think you're going to be in a pretty good position to force him to make throws. The Chiefs have the ability to get pressure on the quarterback, even if they're not just sacked. But where they struggle with Josh Allen is his escapability and the fact they don't finish when they have him under their grasp. So if they can keep him in the pocket, they'll be okay. You know, Stephon Diggs still really hasn't had that breakout. Gabe Davis might play. Now, you know, Shakir is a guy I worry about. He has got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of speed. He's a terrific uh, pass catcher. Their offensive line is, is relatively intact. You know, they haven't really had any serious injuries this year. Uh, but, you know, that's, to me, the biggest concern is, is Chris Jones. Uh, Derek Noddy might not play, so that's, that's going to be difficult. Um, that's, that's a big piece to miss. But they've got Mike Pinnell they picked up a couple of weeks ago uh, as a free agent, and he can kind of plug the middle a little bit. So that's it to me. If you stop Josh Allen – and James Cook from running, then I think the Chiefs have a really good chance uh, to force Allen to make some errant throws um, against a, a terrific Chiefs secondary. Congratulations to Juwan Taylor, the right tackle for the Chiefs, as he put himself in the record book. The most penalties. Start. <laughs> no, the most penalties against in a decade. Good job out of Juwan there. They got a tackle, a, a, a tackle problem out there, right tackle. We know he's a talented guy. It just. The illegal sure. block, you can argue the merits, and Rice was in and, and probably wasn't a legal block. But, but that aside, it's just how many times during the course of a game it just feels like not only are they penalties, he comes up with them at just terrible times. Hmm. Yeah, well, the last one. I mean, let's be honest. He got shoved in the back, and, uh, you know, that was 50-50. Yeah. But nonetheless, you're right. You know, he had a couple of false starts. He had another holding penalty. I mean, it, it's, it's surprising to me because he didn't make these mistakes in Jacksonville. 
he's he's had more penalties in one year in Kansas City than four years in Jacksonville. So it's a shock to me. Um, I thought Donovan Smith played really, really well. Um, I thought he got away with a, some 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 strongly placed hands. <laughs> yeah, been holding you think <laughs> uh, a couple of times, which. You know, it's what veteran guys yeah, do. Yeah. You know, they they know how far they can take it. And I think that the the problem with Taylor is I think he tries too hard. I think he thinks too much. I think he just needs to go out there. But on other times, I mean, he's been terrific. His pass protection is generally pretty good. Um, he gets in trouble sometimes in the run game um, unless he's just grossly beat on, a, on any given snap. But, you know, the Bills defenders, you know, what What are we going to see? I mean, he should be able to handle everybody. Um, Ed Oliver is the key. He's their best defensive lineman. So, for me, I think he's going to be okay. You know, I think this is a fluke. They've signed him for four years. Uh, there's nothing they can do until 2025 at the earliest. So, they're stuck with him for at least one more year. Personally speaking, I think I'd like to see the Chiefs move on from Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, and maybe get somebody a little bit younger in there, somebody a little different you know, who can mold this uh, offensive line a little bit better. Because even the interior guys haven't had the best season either, as they normally do. So there's there's definitely some sort of disconnect on the coaching side. But Taylor, hey, as long as he's good the next three games and doesn't cost us points, you got to consider that a win. Now get you out of here on this. Have you heard anything, speak, um, speaking of coaches, you know, we're we're seeing a, a lot of coaches. I mean, Mike Tomlin might be out in in in, in Pittsburgh, which is remarkable, right? I mean, what a run! Yeah, uh, any head coach in Pittsburgh since about the '60s yeah. has had a remarkable run. But when it comes to Andy Reid, whether they get to the Super Bowl, whether they not get to the Super Bowl, um, final question: Might this be it for Andy Reid, win or lose? Is could it be his last year? Could he just you know he's had enough? Or are you any buzz around that at all? No, I, I haven't heard a lot of buzz. I mean, I, I know where Florio was coming from, and, and, you know, he started all this last year and again this year. And, and from everybody I've talked to, his desire is to coach till he's 70. He'll be 66, I think, in March. So that gives him four more years in Kansas City as the head coach. He's got Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, he may christen in a new stadium or an upgraded stadium, which I think he'd like to see. And, you know, he wants that record. And it's going to depend on where Bill Belichick goes. He interviewed with Atlanta yesterday. But me personally, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I'm sorry, when they win the Super Bowl this year, uh-huh. I think it's going to be Tammy Reed's decision, his wife, to say, listen, you've accomplished pretty much everything you can accomplish. The, the kids and the grandkids, you know, they, they, need their, they need their pappy. You know, they, they, they want to spend more time. He would take a role in the organization. Because if you're going to make a change this year with Belichick out there, with Jim Harbaugh, who's, who I want badly to be the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and you've got some, some big names out there, you know, you got to think about it. But to answer your question, Ken, I, I just don't see him stepping down with Patrick Mahomes being 28 and, uh, you know, at least five more years of good Patrick Mahomes football ahead. Um, I, I would be shocked. If he, if he retires. We will uh, talk to you on Monday, win or lose. Thick Nick Athen, ChiefsBlitz.com. A lot of content on the Chiefs. ChiefsBlitz.com. Nick, thank you. We'll talk to you next Monday. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Yep, good Thanks, to talk guys. to you. Nick Athen on the Chiefs and the Bills. We'll take our time up, but before we do that, Trent, it's time for another $1,000 swoosh. <laughs> Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter the nationwide keyword. How about this? Bills. Oh. Uh, Bills. Uh-huh. 
KXNO.com. Is that a sign? Bills, KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. KXNO.com. Bills is the keyword. Murph and Andy have a couple. The Drive with Heather and Sean have opportunities in the 3, 4, and 5 o'clock hour. Scott Docterman next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. way to hire. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs even better. New customers, you can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, Sportsbook app is DraftKings, and here's the lines uh, currently, Trent, at DraftKings. Baltimore is a nine-point favorite. San Fran, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Sunday, the Detroit, the DraftKings, a six-and-a-half-point, no, a six-point favorite. And Buffalo is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Plus, everybody, as Trent mentioned, um, yes, the newbies can get a nice little bump, but so can everybody. How about those no-sweat same-game parlays for every game, which means Saturday and Sunday? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code KXNO. New customers can bet just 5 bucks. You'll get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KXNO. The crown is yours. Must be 21 or older. Iowa-only bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. One no-sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No-sweat bonus bet issued based on amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max reward limits, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Please call one. Yes, tell them Jeff sent you. Shot to the heart and you're too late, darling. You give love a bad night. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX. And oh, the keyword was Bills. Bills, the keyword. Trent's Plays of the Day Circus Sports Sponsor. Those coming up here in about 15 minutes. Let's get our friend Scott Dockerman in here from The Athletic. Really good piece, Doc. Uh, first of all, welcome, uh, as always. Really good piece on the Big Ten and what we can look forward to. And, and trust me, we're already looking forward to September when football, college football comes back. But can 10 key topics, it indeed is a new era uh, in the Big Ten Conference. How are you, Scott Dockerman? Well done on that piece. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's, uh, you know, I think we're all trying to survive this uh, weather. Uh, and, uh, you know, and our patience is wearing just as thin when it comes to what's going what's happening at the University of Iowa. Indeed it is. So, so let's start there. Uh, it seemed like um, that a lot of folks uh, that are close to the team, uh, Lysticow, yourself, uh, won't put words in your mouth. Uh, I read Ch- uh, Chad's piece this morning. He thought it was a done deal that uh, Paul Christ was offered the job, was in all likelihood going to t- take it. Do you know what was behind the, um, I guess, the abrupt change of face that uh, he did not take the job and that the job, at least as far as we know, remains open? Why is Chris not coming? Any idea? <laughs> well, that. That requires some heavy speculation, and I mean, that's pretty much all I feel like I've done for the last three months when it comes to this job. But, but I will say that, yeah, I, Chad, and I, and others, I know, um, 
you know, we're led to believe multiple times that the offer is there, that it's on the table, that uh, it's Paul's job if he wants it. Um, I've been told it that multiple times over the last couple of weeks, and for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. Now, you know, part of this is that some people know, but then there's a lot of people who don't in his inner circle that Kirk has kept a lot of the details very, very secretive, whereas some of this has been leaked out. And and uh, so it's frustrating a lot of people who are very close to him as well. So w- all I'm led to do is speculate as, is it salary? I, I kind of doubt it. Iowa's salary is pretty good. Um, you know, maybe there it's a, a few hundred thousand here or there shy of what you know maybe somebody want but i don't know you know i'm only speculating on that is it is a power is it uh you know prestige is it maybe he just likes the weather in texas better he thinks it can lead him to a better job i don't i can't that's where i'm at where i really don't know now you know the next step is the most important one for iowa is where do they pivot and and there are some pretty good candidates out there but um i haven't been really alerted as to somebody like Paul Christ, who was, uh, you know, considered a front runner for a long time. I haven't been alerted to anybody who's really handled that type of mantle at this point. One thing, uh, certainly Kirk had mentioned a couple of times as this conversation has come up back in December. And then uh, after the bowl game was that there's going to be guys that become available after the NFL season is complete. Now the NFL season continues with eight teams still in the playoff, but Saw Carmichael, longtime OC with the Saints. He got let go today. There's a ton of movement. Would it be a big leap to anticipate now with Chris off the board that the NFL might be the place that we're looking to unearth some gems here? More likely, an NFL guy or a college guy at this point now? Yeah, that's that's really tough because there are some NFL guys that are on you know, that are available. I mean, you know, Bill O'Brien has a big relationship with the Ferences mm-hmm. going way, way, way back. Um, and, you know, Bill O'Brien tried to hire Brian multiple times, both at Penn State and Houston, Texas. He's available. But then, then there are some other college assistants that I think make some sense as well. I mean, one name to throw out there is, is Tommy Reese. I mean, he was wow. Notre Dame's OC, yeah. then he went to Alabama, now he's three um he's kind of from that same type of style of play that would be really smart for i think mutually beneficial if if there's some interest there i don't know if there is any i'm only again throwing his name out there but um you know at notre dame and alabama are from the (laughs) similar iowa in style and Mm -hmm. and if he goes and again the one thing i always come back to with with an oc is you come and fix Iowa's offense, that makes you look good. Yep, that's for sure. <laughs> you know how bad this offense has been. So if Tommy Reese goes Notre Dame, Alabama, no fault of his own, not the OC at Alabama, and then, hey, um, go to Iowa for a year or two or three or whatever and fix Iowa, turn them into top half in the country in offense, yeah, you could probably be a head coach. Yeah, quickly, yeah. So. yeah that's, that's for sure. Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic is our guest, Miller and Condon on 106.3 uh, KXNO. So, Doc, um, I, I, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway just for the uh, – timeline-wise, <laughs> uh, does this happen before February, do you think? Well, my timeline was, um, you know, I told Trent before I even talked that, that my patience meter has expired. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like – Let's get this done, right? Yeah. You know, but of course, they, they're not listening to me at all on this. I was told by somebody who, who does know that 
Kirk told his staff last week that he expects something by the end of January. Uh, but, you know, the end of January to me is yesterday. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. run to February. Let's get this thing done. So because he told us, you know, by the he hoped by the third week of, of January. And, and I'm, you know, maybe it would have been had Paul Christ accepted. So, you know, he's he's being thorough. It, it's easy for me to be impatient and everybody else to be there, too. Um, cause you see all the moves being made throughout the country, you know, from Nick Saban retiring to Caleb Bohr, Ryan Grubb coming with him, to, you know, the mm-hmm. Arizona taking its staff up there to Washington and, you know, and then San Diego, San Jose State coaches heading to, to Arizona. All these moves are happening within the span of about five or six days. And at Iowa, it's like, well, you know, October 30th is when Brian got let go. Let's, let's get this thing moving. But, you know, I digress. I, I think uh, if it does happen by the end of January, Iowa's in okay shape. There's really nothing that they need right now. But still, it's, you know, we the, the, the speculation and talk for you guys, for me, for everybody, it's starting to kind of wear thin. The scholarship situation, they are over at this point in time. There's not a whole lot of portal activity that you can do now outside of, what, players from Alabama and Washington that are going to be in there at this point Arizona. in time. Yeah, Arizona, there's another one. But there's just not a whole lot out there. It doesn't have to be done. It just it gets frustrating after a while. When you look at that scholarship situation, this is something I was been over before, and it kind of finds its way. We're talking about a, a relatively significant number. Is it... How difficult are the conversations going to be likely after spring practice with some guys? I don't think they'll be that tough, actually. I mean, I think if you get north of 10, then you're in kind of rougher territory. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are, what, six or seven now over. Um, there's three or four guys that I think have had injury pasts that may end up having you know those discussions about medical. Um, and if you put those on medical scholarship, it trims you down quite a bit. And then you get into after spring football, there's going to be some attrition. There always is. I, I mean, they don't, they're not going to have seven scholarship running backs in or the fall. I just can't imagine that. So, you know, somebody in the spring is going to say, yeah, I don't like it being, uh, you know, sharing all these carries. I could go somewhere else. Uh, you know, I, I I would expect it to not be very difficult. And then if they get into June and they're at 87, then you probably have to push one or two guys out. And, you know, I, and I'm probably, you know, I know that doesn't sound nice, but in this day and age where, where the athletes have so many options, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So um, it's unfortunate, but, I, you know, and frankly, they probably still need to hit the portal for a couple of offensive players anyway. Mm. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. It's a 106.3 KXNO. Doc, uh, basketball-wise, we'll get to the men. I know that you were on the beat uh, at your old job, the Gazette, for a long time. You saw a lot of those wins covering Fran McCaffrey throughout his career. But you're in the building on Saturday night. Other than the game day ops, and I'm glad you called him out, Doc. I really am. Uh, the fact that the, uh, uh, the opposing team's parents could not spend any time. They were being shooed out of the building. Uh, it's not a good look. Uh, it's just not, and it's something needed to be said. Hopefully the message that you put out there found its way to Beth Getz, and if it did, I have to assume she seems to be uh, uh, somebody that uh, likes to get things done, uh, that she will take a look at it. That being said, and that aside, uh, the building itself, <laughs> you were impressed, to say the least, by the atmosphere on Saturday night for the women's game. Of course. It, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, it was loud. It was persistently loud. The fans were into it. Um, it's, you know, all the complaints that we get about Carver 
come from the men's basketball side. And, <laughs> yeah, and, funny, and, isn't it? and you know, uh, and there are a lot of conversations that they need to be made. I do think Carver is antiquated. It needs to be changed. And even that to cut down some seats, put some near the floor, maybe do something ingenious with the design, you know, that, that, that all needs to happen. But, but I think when you look at wrestling and you look at women's basketball, it's filled to capacity. It's loud. It's, it's a great place to watch, you know, sports. And, and I think it's got that potential in men's basketball. I've seen it, you know, in men's basketball, but, but I, I think that, you know, the, for all these years, I've kind of been hands off when it comes to putting students close to the floor. It's time to do that. It's time to shake it up. I think, you know, the things I don't like about Carver, you know, other than security shooing out parents when they're trying to talk to their kids is, uh, you know, there, there's no ushers. You know, I mean, I've been to like the, the Schottenstein Center and, and Value City Arena in, in Ohio State. And yeah, why not have, and they have ushers walking around. Why don't they have those mm-hmm. at Carver? I mean, you think about the people that are actually close to the court and they've got to turn around and look and they're, man, I got to walk up 50 rows to use the restroom or go get a Carver cone or a beer. And, you know, why, why are people walking around doing that? And that, that floors me there. And, and, you know, there's just, there's so many little things. I mean, the food offerings there are, are really bad, you know, especially when compared to the rest of the Big Ten. And it's like, you know, well, you know, you have punch, you know, have, why not have Ponchero sell burritos there? I mean, <laughs> yeah. people would buy that. I, I don't know. I'm on a little bit of a rant, guys. I, I'm <laughs> a little feisty here on some of this stuff. So, uh, but, you know, I go to Carver and I'm like, okay, you can have nachos or a hot dog, I get, you know, Carver cones, but the light's six million feet long. You know, and now they're going to have a, um, you know, cut out a hundred parking spots for the new water tower. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? You know, can you wait like six weeks till the season's over with, you know, to do that? But anyway, <laughs> rant over. Well, we like spicy doc and we're getting him here today. We'll get you out on this. A guy that I had some conversations with in the past when you're on the Iowa basketball beat. Fran McCaffrey. The playing game ring a bell. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the all-time wittiest coach now, though, in Iowa basketball history. Your thoughts on Fran McCaffrey passing Dr. Tom? You know, it, it's, a, it's a heck of an accomplishment because, you know, to be able to do, uh, to compile those types of statistics is is memorable, of course. And I think, you know, remembering from when where Iowa was as a program when he, I was on the tarmac when he stepped off the private jet coming to Iowa City um, at, at Eastern Iowa Airport in Cedar Rapids. And then I've been there for a lot of the tough times and a lot of the really good times. And, you know, and, and the program is in a really good spot, but for the most part. And even that includes if this year, if they don't make the NCAA, that doesn't really, that's irrelevant. Um, you know, but I think that it's kind of reached this really weird pregnant pause where fans are kind of apathetic. And is that his fault by the lack of postseason success? That could have something to do with it. But I think overall, um, the fact since I think 2013, Iowa and Michigan State are the only two programs to have one losing season or less in the <laughs> Big Ten. They both have had one. You got to praise him for that. And, uh, you know, they've had four NCAA tournament wins under him. So, you know, he, he's got some heck of accomplishments, but, but, uh, it's the program's at a weird crossroads, though, I will say. And, and that the apathy based on the attendance is something, um, you know, that needs some discussion, no question. Uh, great discussion at the Athletic today on 10 key topics for the beginning of the new conference, new era in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, really good read, Scott Dockerman. What else can we look forward to, Doc, from you at the Athletic, uh, this coming week? 
Well, I think uh, I am going to go to the basketball game on Saturday and see what everybody, you know, against number two Purdue. I think yep. that's going to be a really fascinating uh, era. I mean, you got a Saturday afternoon game at Kinnick, or I mean, Kinnick, at Carver Hawkeye Arena. That's that. This is what everybody wants, and and uh, I think that if there can be a decent crowd there, and if they play well, then I think that might turn the tide a little bit. If not. It really leads to a lot of questions. It's a big picture question. So I'm going to take a look at that um, later in the week, and and then also, uh, you know, try to follow this OC thing. Maybe we'll, maybe eventually mm. I'll write a story about it. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's the case. Mm. Scott Doctorman from the Athletic Doc. Thank you as always. We'll uh, reach out to you. Uh, hopefully, your schedule will allow you to join us on Monday. Thank you, Doc. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep, Appreciate it. Yep. Good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman, as we check in on Iowa. We'll check in on Pl- uh, Trent's plays of the week there. Next, it's Miller and Condon, 106.1800 bets off. If you have a low interest rate on your property and a lower tolerance for tenants, then you have two choices. Sell it and say goodbye to a great investment or keep it. Hold on to that rate and let the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse manage it for you. Why hire Renner's Warehouse? Because we free you to do the things you love. Like take a vacation, have dinner with your family, or acquire more properties to achieve more financial independence. You already know that renting delivers cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits. Renter's Warehouse also frees you from finding tenants, collecting rent, and handling those annoying 3 a.m. maintenance calls. The choice is yours. Sell your property, keep DIYing everything, or hire Renter's Warehouse to get the best of all worlds. You're free to cancel within 90 days and even get your management fees back. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis or call 515-528-44. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-Wherever you get your podcast. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Trent's Pick of the Day. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to it. Yeah, somebody put the repeater on there, so it played twice. We don't like that one bit. We'll get that fixed up for tomorrow. But right now, we got picks for you of five pick of games, uh, all in college basketball tonight. We start in the Big 12 with Cincinnati. They are a two and a half point favorite at home against TCU. Horn Frogs off a big win. Give me CJ Frederick, give me Uncle Joe and company laying the two and a half to the Big 10, Indiana. Getting nine and a half. That's too many against the Boilermakers in Assembly Hall. That's Peacock, right? It is. Getting people to get that one. Uh, Give me Seton Hall plus one and a half at home against Patino. You see how upset he was after the Creighton loss. Love that. Give me the Cyclones tonight. They're getting four and a half at BYU. And Boise, late night tonight, laying five against UNLV. All right, that is going to do it for us. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Plays of the Day. Murph and Andy coming up next. More chances to win $1,000. Likewise with the drive, Heather and Sean, from 3 until 6. Of course, every day local programming begins at 6 with the Morning Rush. We're Miller and Condon weekdays from 11 to 1. on the Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.